Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Ibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium, and we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is zibbyowens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. Lee Geller is the author of the novel, The Truth and Other Things. Lee is the recipient of the 2019 Catherine Gerfine Writing Fellowship at Sarah Lawrence College. She lives in New York with her husband and five children for whom she frequently wakes up and makes five separate breakfasts. Lee began her writing career by blogging about her adventures in the trenches of parenting and got the idea for her first novel, Trophy Life, when her two sons were in middle school. Her new novel is The Truth and Other Hidden Things. When Lee is not writing and eavesdropping on her children, she can be found running, drinking diner coffee, and occasionally teaching middle school English. She is a graduate of Columbia University and Stanford Law School. Welcome, Lee. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss the truth and other hidden things. And by the way, I feel like I'm wearing this shirt to match your book cover, you know. Very well done. Thank you. you know, well done. Thanks. Would you mind telling listeners what your book is about? My book is about a woman who all in one day discovers that her husband hasn't gotten tenure at their city university and that in her mid-40s with two tween and teenage kids, I guess, her IUD has failed and she's pregnant. And so this begins sort of her journey into an unexpected pregnancy and out of the city up to Dutchess County where her husband gets a new job. 
I love how they considered moving to Brooklyn and, and they were like, no, you can't move there unless you're a real writer. <laughs> right. I think we all have felt that way at times. I certainly have. <laughs> it won't let me in. I know. I'm like definitely not cool enough for Brooklyn. I just like <laughs> drive in, like go to a bookstore and leave. <laughs> I feel like the clock is ticking. Yes, exactly. So this is your second book. Your first one was yes. Trophy Wife. Trophy Life, Trophy Wife. Trophy Life. Trophy Life. What inspired this book? How did you come up with this plot? And and talk about the other books too, because you just that just came out. You're like coming out. You're, you're. I'm trying. They came out two years apart. I got the idea for this book. You know, I do know people like I have, I do know women, you know, I'm in my late forties and I do know women my age who have gotten pregnant unexpectedly. And we read a lot about unexpected pregnancies of younger women at different phases in their lives. And I was just kind of interested what would happen if like, you know, a mom who already has older kids who thinks that she's out of that baby stage that we talk about is back in that baby stage again especially when her oldest has one foot out the door. And I was very much in that space. My oldest is 19 and he was, you know, a junior or a senior when I was thinking about like, wow, like he has one foot out the door of this house. And what would it be like to get to start all over again, to try all over again, you know, to redo that first one with everything that we all, I always say, what would I do differently? You know, how would I, what what did I learn? I mean, I, I think that's universal, you know, as, you just learn so much with that first child, the mistakes you don't make again, the things you don't sweat. What would it be like to sort of have a new life coming in? And and just also the juxtaposition of that, that unconditional baby love and that that teenage love, which is sometimes hard to find. So that was that. And the the, the you know, sort of like the gossip girl piece of it was just something that I've always been fascinated in. You know, I think that all fiction is gossip in some way because you know, we pepper it with our observations and the people that we've overheard in restaurants and things like that. But I I just felt like this would be a great outlet for someone like her. Totally. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I had a six year gap between like my twins and my next two kids. And I thought I wasn't going to be having more kids anyway. So I got to like, sort of have that moment where I was like, oh my gosh, like, Anyway, you're just like, anyway, I was thrilled, but unprepared emotionally for that news. So I related very much <laughs> to, to Belle when she figures figures this out and being able to be like, well, at least now I know like the 57 things I used to call my pediatrician about, right? Like now I don't need to call for those things. Now, now I have all new things, you know? <laughs> right. Just the stuff you don't need. Right. And like, you have five kids. Is that right? I do. Yeah, I do. My oldest, like I said, I have 19 and 17 year old boys and girls who are 10, 12 and 14. So how does it, I don't even know what to ask. Does it get better? Does it get easier? Yeah, it really does. It really does. It really gets much easier in many ways. Like for sure, you know, you're not with babies and you, you know, you're sleeping through the night for the most part until they start driving and you, you know, your life is easy. You have more of your own time. Like I didn't write trophy life until my youngest went to kindergarten. And then I, I was always working from home. I was a lawyer before, but we moved to, I live in Riverdale, New York. We moved to New York and I decided to pivot because I had, I'd been on the West coast and I wasn't going to practice. And I put a child in kindergarten and suddenly I had time. So it does get easier. Like you have the days right? and you know, they're adults and young adults, but then, you know, everybody knows that they come with their own set of problems and the things that you worry about are big, yeah. but it's great. It is fun to watch. And yeah, I, li- I like them. I like the teenage years. I love the middle school years, especially. I wrote about middle schoolers in Trophy Life. I love middle school and I teach a little bit of middle school and it's like my sweet spot, like that awkwardness, that 
just, I love it. Well, you can just come over here and help me out with I my do. two middle schoolers right now. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I mean, I literally, I'll, I'll be with my friends and they'll be rolling their eyes at their kids. And I'm like, this is the best time. Enjoy it. Wow. Because it's something about that age that's like, I mean, I think in some ways it might be like middle age, but like, you're sort of like in between these two very big things and you're not one and you're not the other and you don't always feel so seen and you don't always, it's like, you're kind of like the ugly stepchild and I don't know. I love it. I really, really love it. Did you always know, I, I, we will go back to the book. Did you always know you wanted to have five kids? Like, did you always want a big family or how, did it? Was, I did. Yeah. I did. I did. I wanted one of those sort of big, I, I I really did. And I also like a failed IUD is kind of like a fever dream. Not going to lie. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I did. I mean, it's, I, we, I did it out West and then we moved to New York and it's a different proposition in here for yeah. sure. I was like, okay, I guess this is why people in New York City don't have five kids. <laughs> Yeah. Did you come from a big family? I come from a big sort of multiple family. Like I have a sister who's a year younger than me and my parents each remarried and then had two more children. So I'm one of six in total with, you know, multiple parents. So yeah, I do feel like I come from a big family and it's good. It works. That's awesome. So you started writing when your son went to kindergarten and how did you start? Like, how did you get going? Had you always loved to write? But I know you said you're a recovering lawyer, but how right. did, like, was this just always something in the back of your head or like, why, why a novel? I had always journaled and I stopped journaling when I had kids because, I mean, there was just no time. And I didn't even have baby books. I didn't have any of it. And I blogged when my, I think before my fourth was born, I was miserable and living in Seattle. I mean, miserable seven years of just me crying. Aww. Please take me from here. <laughs> just, I had six very good months, six months. And I looked at my husband. I was like, okay, let's leave now. We'd come from Southern California. And I was, he's like, no, we're here. So anyway, I started to blog about the kids, especially my boys who were just doing like crazy gross stuff everywhere. And, and then when I moved to New York, someone messaged me on Facebook and said, I like your blog. A friend of mine is teaching a novel writing class at Sarah Lawrence. Have you ever thought about writing a novel? And I put Sydney in kindergarten and I was like, I kind of have, like, I kind of, as my older two were in middle school and I was like, I kind of have thought about writing a novel. And so I showed up at this class and I wrote Trophy Life there. Wow. That's yeah. Great. And did you, was it like a workshop model? Like, did you get lots of feedback? Yeah. yeah all the, all the- 100%. Time. It was a workshop model. We, yeah, 20. And also like uh, the instructors were like, send us, I don't know whether it was 20 every week or 20 every other week, but send us 20 pages a week. We're not even going to read them, but you must send them to us because it will get you into the habit of writing that. Many. And I'm good with that. Like, mm. I mean, you probably are too, if you have to discipline yourself to work with everything. Like if you say to yourself, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be accountable for it, I'll just do it. I love having deadlines and deliverables. Right. And and if they're self-imposed, it's a little bit tricky because sometimes you can talk yourself out of them. But when someone else is saying it, it's even easier. But yeah, I do work well. (laughs) I do work well with like someone's, I must have this. Like, yeah. So that, and I often encourage people when they're starting to write, to find someone to do that with, like just say, and they'll hound you if you don't get your, they don't get your pages, even if they're not going to read them. So what was the path of publication like then? What happened after you wrote it? I spent a year writing it, got some feedback, spent a year rewriting it. And then around the same time that I started to look for an agent, a friend of ours, somebody that I knew actually said to me, I'm happy to show it to someone at Amazon, see what happens. I don't usually take things unagented, but we'll see. So, and I got a call from Lake Union and they wanted to buy it and I didn't have an agent. So I sold it to them. 
And then I got an agent for the second book, but that's kind of how it worked. And did you choose the same publisher or no? I did. I stayed with like Union. Oh, awesome. My memoir is coming out from Amazon. I know it is. You're coming over. It's so exciting. I'm very excited. Very excited too. So fun. I mean, it's really kind of great what you've done for all of us and this great big community. Oh, I mean, thank you. It really is. Like it's I just wish I could have more people like in person. Yeah, you know I, mean? I know. Like, you will. You I know, will. I know. I just I mean, it's just it's great though. Like everyone says to me, like, wow, what's the online community like? I'm like, you really have no idea what it's like, what kind of support there is. And it's really terrific. Yeah. It's uh, what you've done, what you've built is really remarkable. And I know that it's hard to do it with kids at home. Thank you. Yes. But this is like my sanity. You know, this is how I, I, this is my self-care. This is my everything. Like this is my, the door is locked. The The door door closes. (laughs) You know, how else? Like, you know, before this, nobody cared. (laughs) I'm like, no, no, now I'm recording. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, forget about reading. Forget about writing. Nope. No, no. Well, yeah. So it's my trick for alone time with hundreds of strangers. <laughs> it works. Who so I feel like I know because I read their book. I know. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So what was it like writing the second book after that was the way you wrote the first book? Did you go back to class? Did you feel like you could just whip it out? I started it in class again. Yeah, I did. I didn't, I I couldn't stay because I had a teaching schedule, but I started writing. I like literally the first 30 pages, so I burst out in class and then I wrote the rest on my own, but it was kind of similar. I mean, it felt a little bit faster. I don't know if it was, I learned things. I didn't make some mistakes that I had to fix or things that I've learned, you know, and I actually like comments that I've gotten and feedback that I've gotten, I sort of took them to heart the second time. I tried to, you know, work with pacing and plot and things like that. But I still, you know, it's funny because people always say like, how do you find the time to write? And I think I wasn't, I hadn't sold the second book. I was working on a second book. And I think you have to treat it like a job, even if you're not getting paid to do it. Like it's the same, it was the same dynamic. I still was in my, in here all day working on this thing that people might never see. Like, so it still, it wasn't, I mean, I definitely had some wind in my back, but it definitely was the same kind of dynamic. And I think that you just have to do it. You just have to treat, I mean, it's kind of like being a mother, like no one's paying you really to do that. And it's like, 
you basically act like a fortune, you know, 500 CEO, you take it that seriously, but no one's paying you. So it's, it's kind of similar. You just have to take yourself seriously and put the hours in. I like that. I've never heard it compared to being a mother before. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there is, I mean, I've heard it in relation to sort of giving birth to a book, right. And like the right. gestation period. And Putting it out that. in the world and right. But never in terms of the writing. That's really interesting. Right. Like, cause I, and I, it's funny. I often have said, you know, it's like a job you don't get paid for. And then at some point I realized wait, we're all doing that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, life is like a job you don't get paid for. Right. Well, that's, that, that's another piece. You know, it's like, <laughs> what are we even doing here? You know, but yes, I see. Uh, of course, there's really no hope ever of like monetizing motherhood, really. I mean, unless you're I like know. a mom influencer or something, but. Unless you can sell your kids, kids out and write about them. Right. Unless yeah. You're a mom or have influencer. them become like child stars or take all their money or something. <laughs> that's my next book. <laughs> really? You're kidding, right? Kind of a little bit. Yeah. Yes, kidding or yes. I mean, I'm working on a book about child, former child actor, like a mom who was a former child actor. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Very cool. Well, good. I was going to ask what you're working on next. There you go. That's awesome. So now that you are an author, like has life changed for you? Do you feel like more of a sense of purpose and do you feel (laughs) different in your family? Like, do you feel more fulfilled? What is it like sort of on the second stage post lawyerdom? I definitely feel more fulfilled. Like I spent a long, not, I spent a good amount of time doing a job that I didn't love and wasn't great at. And now I am much happier. So that's without a doubt. In terms of like the dynamic in my family, I don't think all that much has changed. I mean, if I could show you my office is basically like my husband's office is, you know, it's like a, an inner sanctum. Um, no one not bothers, no one knocks. Mine has camp packing lists and duffel bags and clothes everywhere in it. Cause it's like still, you know, it's like, I'm still me. Like they still intrude. It's not like I suddenly have like exalted status in my family, but I do feel like out in the world, like I, you know, people, I even locally once in a while, someone will say, Oh, I, I don't know you, but I read your book and I really liked it, which is great. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's amazing, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I feel happier. I mean, it is amazing to get to do something you wanted to do for a long time. And especially when you were doing something you didn't. And I think even when it's not going well, it's still going better. Well, that makes sense. Wow. So what, aside from the child star, what else do you have? Do you have like all these ideas sort of milling around at the same time and then you pick one or like, how are you sourcing your ideas for the next? Well, so- sometimes I mush them up. Like the first book was about a fallen Santa Monica trophy wife, which is where I had lived prior to Seattle and middle school students. And I mushed it all up together. And then the second one was about an anonymous gossip blogger and a pregnant 40 something year old and I mushed it together. So sometimes I just kind of throw it all in like soup and see what happens. I do have like a notebook where I'm always writing things down and I just, you know, a vivid imagination, but yeah, I I think I try to, if I have one thing, just focus on that one thing. I try and throw in as much as I can. And then if I don't, I save it for somewhere else. Like I have a file on my computer of like saved, saved, you know, things that I've taken out that I'm not quite ready to get rid of just to save. I love the sense of humor you have in this book. And like, even just all the observation, like the way you mentioned like, oh, and you know, clearly overnight, like my son was six feet tall and like that just happened. He woke up six feet tall today or like the coffee creamer, which PS coffee, wait, you had something like cookie dough flavored coffee creamer. Is that a thing or did you make that up? Yeah, no, I think it's a thing. And it's funny because like there's a very healthy person that I know and he's like, I think he's a vegan and like he sneaks it. His wife doesn't know that he drinks it. <laughs> if that's his biggest vice, you know, right, fine, that go ahead. Guy, you know, from little, what we know now, go ahead, fine, drink that. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it might not be, but oh my gosh, but yeah, 
Wow. That's crazy. And then were you writing? So what were you doing in COVID then? Were you working on this? No, this would have come out in time, right? I don't know what I was doing in COVID. (laughs) Sibby. Not that you had to have produced. I keep meeting people who lost 25 pounds and wrote a novel in COVID. And I don't know what I did. (laughs) (laughs) I edited this book. I blogged more. So that was good. I blogged about, because my kids went to the first school that shut down in New York, in 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 New York. They go to a school up here in Riverdale and it was the first school to close. So I was in quarantine for two weeks before everybody else. Not now it's like, doesn't really matter, but there was a two week period where no one knew what I was talking about. I'm like, I'm stuck home. There's a COVID case in New Rochelle. We're all at home. And I just, I don't know what, I I started a book about this mother who got, who I had had the idea pre-COVID. I remember speaking to my agent about it in February, about this kind of mother who got fed up with like, everything that we get fed up with and runs away to this place and finds all these mothers there. It's, it was supposed to be kind of like a humorous play on Galt's Gulch and Atlas Shrugged, which Anne Rand wrote, like this place. And then suddenly there was nothing funny about women getting fed up and wanting to run away. And there was nothing that I could write that would match what we were doing. How I had, you know, five kids at home and a husband at home working and people sick around us all the time up here. You know, it was really very dire. And I don't know what I did this year, but I did not. I, I've I've been more productive in 2021, but 2020 was a bust. It was just a wash. That's okay. I'm gonna say it. I did not lose 25 pounds. I will have you no. know. I was no. going the opposite no. way. Steady, yeah, steady yeah. climb. So yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. It was just not. It wasn't pretty. Like it just was not a pretty year. It wasn't not a year of self discovery or self exploration. I just was like sweeping and wiping things down. And oh, I did get chickens. Okay. Yeah, I was not expecting you to say that. No, I know. I know. That was pleasant. That was probably the best thing to come out of COVID. My best friend has chickens and she just brought us some eggs and they said just just got laid. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. You can, you can steal it if she has like pre-printed. <laughs> no, I think stickers. I might. Yeah, go ahead. That. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was, it was not, it was, a, it was a, also, I found it just hard to be creative. I didn't find it hard to edit and I didn't find it hard to blog necessarily, but I found it really hard to access the piece of me that makes up funny things and makes things up. Like, I just yeah. think that was just it really tough. Not a funny time. So no, totally understandable. No, I know you do. I know. And it was just harrowing. It was a harrowing. I mean, you live through the worst of it. No, no. I mean, no, but I mean, everyone I mean, I had just, their I own. No, I know. It was just really, it was just, I mean, I don't even know. We'll all be processed. I mean, we'll be processing this for years to come ourselves with our kids. Like it was just a lot. Like I literally, the other day I, I was driving the car and I was like, did that all happen? Did that even, like, did I make that up? Like, I mean, obviously I didn't, but I was just like, how did that happen? How did we all, anyway, whatever. I don't know. We don't know. It was like, and so you can imagine just like, that was just so improbable, right? Like that was just so almost fictitious. Yes. And like, it was almost a melodrama and everything, right? Like the plot twist. And like, I couldn't make anything up. Like I just, people could, I just couldn't. Life was stranger than fiction. So, yeah. So what advice would you have for aspiring authors? Again, I treat it like it's a paying job. Even if you have a paying job, make even just, you know, I would try, even if it's 30 minutes a day or give yourself, even if it's not every day, give yourself an amount of time every week that you're going to work on it and treat it like someone's paying you to do it. And if you need someone to hold you accountable, find someone who to send your pages to, because that really does help. Excellent. 
Great. Well, Lee, thank you. Thanks so much for chatting today. That was so fun. I hope to meet you in person and uh, continue the conversation. And nice to be under the same publishing family or whatever. We were like cousins or something. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Okay. All right. Have a good afternoon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.